Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. Welcome everyone. Thank you very much for joining us on our podcast today. I'm really excited because we have a very interesting guest with us today and her name is Christine. Christina Bolschman. Now, Christina is an experienced NLP practitioner, and we haven't had much discussion about NLP practices at all on our podcast. So that's going to be interesting. And Christina helps business people build the mental muscle for success. So we're going to be hearing a bit about that on this episode today. Christina is also the author of Let My Legacy Be Love. So I'm sure you'll be telling us a bit about that. But in this episode, we're going to really focus on why and how to understand yourself in order to be a leader and to lead others and to be effective in that role. So a very big welcome to you, Christina. Thank you very much for joining us today. And thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you today. So we always like to kick off, Christina, with the first question, which is, what does great leadership leadership mean to you? To me, a great leader is lifting up their team and helping each one of them be the absolute best that they can be, to be successful themselves. To me, that has always been the sign of a really good leader. Do you think that means that they put the success of their team ahead of their own success? I don't think it's ahead of their own success. I see it as being more all rising up together. So if I'm working in a company, as I did for many years, I, as I mentioned earlier, I worked for an international company for a long time. And I always tried to find with the people on my team what they were particularly good at so they could excel. Because if they excelled, then of course I would excel. And I would always say, then we all get to rise up together and we get to make more money together. And how nice is that? So how do you think you can find the best in your team? And maybe this is where some of the NLP practices come into play. But how how do you recommend somebody maybe stepping into a leadership role to actually know their team, know their skills and help them to flourish in that way? That is such a good question because it really is about being observant. And I think that it's something that we're really not taught. You know, as we're growing up, we're not really taught to be observant But if you start to pay attention to what makes somebody really tick, like they are, they're doing a job and they're kind of like, oh, this is okay. And then they switch it over and they're doing something else. And all of a sudden they're super excited and look what I got this and I'm excited about this. That's what I used to pay attention to all the time to say, okay, this person is really enjoying this. And if they're enjoying it, then they're excelling. 
And that's what it is. It makes them happy to come to work every day. They've got ideas to share with the team and the team becomes more cohesive. I think that's very true, isn't it? You know, we want to play to people's strengths. Right. And they will love doing the work that they love doing. And mm-hmm. that will help them to feel much more fulfilled. Yeah. Because you- everybody, no, sorry to cut you off. Everybody is, they they want to feel purposeful in their day. And if, you know, there's there's people that are completely happy and feeling they're doing a great purpose just by sitting there filling out spreadsheets all day long. But somebody else is like, I don't really feel like I'm doing anything. I know it needs to be done, but it doesn't feed me. So it's finding what feeds your team as their help, help them figure out what's what's feeding them too. And, you know, it's once you start to do it, it gets easier and easier because you start to see people light up. Could we, could we talk about um, NLP on the basis that we may have some listeners who I'm not sure what it stands for. So it stands for neuro-linguistic programming. But could you take us a little bit further into what it's about and how it can help you as a leader evaluate yourself to become a better leader? Absolutely. So neuro-linguistics programming is not a science. Like a lot of people think that it's a pseudoscience, but it's not a science at all. It's just a body of ideas that was put together by... Richard Brandler and another guy, I can't remember their names right off the top of my head. And they were taking the habits of successful people and putting them together into this body of ideas. And the whole idea was to help people get to know themselves a little bit better so that they could put these habits into place. So by the thing that I absolutely love about neurolinguistics programming is all the tools. There are so many little tools where you can repeat to yourself something. Like, for instance, as we were just chatting earlier about, you know, humans are meaning makers. We, our little brains, are working like crazy all day long. And we're saying, I got to put this in a little filing cabinet. Okay, I know where this goes. You know, that's kind of how I see it, like little filing cabinets in our brains. And the things that keep coming in the back of our head, we haven't made sense of yet. So our brain doesn't really know where to put them. You know how like you'll be having an issue or a problem with somebody on your staff and it keeps coming in the back of your head. And I always say that's because the brain hasn't figured out where to file it away. Somehow hasn't been resolved. So it said, I don't know where to put this. I don't know where to put this. I haven't been able to assign it something yet. So that's one of the big things. Plus the whole idea of perception versus reality. And that's one of the big things with neuro-linguistics programming is we all are looking at every single situation through the lens of past experience. So you and I could be in the same room witnessing the same thing, and we saw two different outcomes because I grew up on a dairy farm out in the middle of nowhere, and you grew up in New York City, so you didn't have the same experiences that I've had, and it's filtered down. Now we're in the same room. We're witnessing something. Your reality is very different from my reality of what happened in that room when for both of us, all it is. It was just our perception of what happened. And I always find that that is just so enlightening 
for people when they can really kind of wrap their heads around that and think, wow, I never really thought of it before. Of course, we've heard of it before, but it's like to really think about it and then embody it. So it just becomes a habit to say, okay, this is just my perspective. If somebody's going, that's not what happened. That's not what I saw, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, this was my perspective with the information I have. And that's your perspective with the information that you have. So let's try to come to some sort of compromise or a clearer understanding. And that's such a great way to kind of really improve communication. And I agree with you so much, Christina, that you can, I've had this so many times, I go into a meeting with some colleagues, we come out, we evaluate the meeting, and we all have such different perspectives. And you think, will we actually in the same meeting? Exactly. That's the thing that always just, sometimes I think to myself, oh my gosh, this is why human beings need to know this stuff. And they really need to like start to really wrap their heads around it and wrap their realities around it because it, it can fix so much just by, you know, you're, you're there with somebody and they're saying, but wait a second, that's not what happened. And somebody else is looking, I'm like, that's exactly what happened. That's what I saw, or that's what I heard but somebody else heard it differently because they have a different opinion of the person that's speaking because they've had different experiences with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love your idea of using that as a conversation piece to say, well, that was my perspective and that was your perspective. Let's find a middle ground. Mm-hmm. But what do you do? How would you recommend in, um, individuals, business people tackle that when they are, Um, when they've perhaps experienced a situation like that and they just need to reflect themselves and perhaps look at it from different perspectives. Is there a technique around that? I know from my own experience and from people I've worked with, sometimes we just need time to do that. Like we can't do it in that moment. And many times in my life, because some of this stuff had just became really naturally to me, maybe because I grew up in a great big family. I had 10 brothers and sisters. I kind of learned how to just say, give me a few minutes. I want to think about this because none of us, especially when we're in a workplace, right? We don't want to be building any tension and we want things because good teams are tensionless, right? People are working together and they're collaborating and we're looking for good outcomes. But as soon as that tension creeps into the situation so just excuse me I really need to go think this through a little bit give me five minutes and there's nothing wrong with doing that people don't do that you know and most people just react and one of the other principles that I love about NLP is to think about the difference between reacting and responding where you're in that moment and you're, you just react, you go back after somebody when they said something that you don't like, rather than saying, all right, let me just step back. I need to consider how I'm feeling. Right now, I'm feeling really aggravated, so I don't want to say anything because I don't want to cause a problem. So I'm going to step away. And I mean, I've been in circumstances where people had a problem with that. You just don't want to deal with this right now. I want to be respectful of you. So let me step away. Let me get a drink of water, calm down, think it through, and then I'll come back. And in the long run, people have a lot more respect for you. 
Plus, then they don't have that past experience of you in the next meeting having gone after them. And I think that's completely acceptable in business to just say that. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's conducive to making progress. You're not re- overreacting to a certain situation. So I think that's a great technique that, that people can use. We, we opened up the podcast by just saying, how can we use NLP practices or how can we look at ourselves first to become a better leader? Are there any particular um, tips that you would like to share in that area, Christina? This is one of my favorite topics. So yes. <laughs> first no, of all, I know it's like, oh, I love talking about this stuff. So first of all, it is that perspective versus reality to stop and ask yourself that question. That's one of the tools that I think is so important for, and you know, I write it down, you know, when I was first learning all this, I would write it down on cards so that I would think about it in any situation. And plus, when you learn more about how the brain and central nervous system work together, the brain is, like I said earlier, it's that tool where it's filing things away. I think 95% of our thoughts are subconscious things that are going along in the background and like 5% of them are conscious. So if you think about those numbers and say, wow, you know, this is something that's just kind of interesting to learn, to know that. And we also have something called a negativity bias. It's like built right into our central nervous system. And that negativity bias is intended to make us protect ourselves because our bodies are programmed to survive. And people don't think about this, but our bodies are programmed to survive. So the first thing we're going to do is go, the body goes on high alert. If something happens, look, you're, you're, you want to attack me or you're, you're coming after me, you're coming after my job, you're coming after whatever. So if you can say, wait a second, why am I feeling this way? And this analysis takes a split second once you get used to doing it. It's like, gosh, I'm being negative. It's that negativity bias. How can I change that? And for me, it was a matter of so many people that I've worked with too. It was a matter of understanding that again, enough to stop and say, okay, I need to look at this from a more positive side because I'm being negative because I'm having this negative thought and we can control this stuff. It just takes practice and it takes time and it takes practice. I always go, there's three P's to NLP and that's practice, practice, practice. And on that note of just recognizing in yourself that you have a negative thought, it also manifests in your body, doesn't it? It's not just a thought. I think it, it, you can feel it in your body somewhere. I guess it's different places for different people. And for me, it's not necessarily just the thought, the negative thought. It's the impact that that's having on my physiology. Exactly. You know, just stop and think about a lot of people get stomach aches. Some people get headaches because they'll, they'll, they'll get tension in their neck. Other people are getting the tension in their stomach. Some people get the tension in their lower backs. And that comes in just as quickly as the thought. If you stop and think about the last moment that you were in 
where it was an un, it's called an unsettling moment where suddenly there was a thought or you felt a certain way about something that was going on around you. And for me it would be like my shoulders would tense and I get like a stiff neck, which leads to a headache. So on days when people are, are, are feeling all tense like that, a lot of times you go into work with that because something happened at home and people to stop and think and to say, okay, I brought this tension from home. I'm not going to take it out on my office staff because they're, you know, an hour late on a deadline. Yeah. That's such a very good point. We, we used to say this to our truck drivers because they may have situations going on at home and then take them out in their driving mm-hmm. because they're feeling that frustration. And so we always used to kind of really try to help them disconnect the two, um, you know, easier to say than do, but right. make a very good point here. Well, that's it. And, you know, a lot of times um, different companies that I've worked with, they say, we don't really want to talk about home things here, but you kind of have to, I'm not going to get into what issues you have at home, but everybody's bringing their home life to work and they're bringing their work life home. So the two of them are very, very intertwined. And I think it's kind of, it's something else for, for managers and leaders to, to just be aware of you know, and just so that there's more understanding of people. So let's imagine that there's a leader, one of our listeners is a leader, got a, got a team and they're listening to this podcast and they're thinking, okay, I can recognize some of the things that you're saying here. I can recognize them in me. I can recognize them in others. What should I do? Should I open up a conversation about this um, with my team members? How would you encourage them to learn more, develop this approach? Well, I think if they learn more themselves and have their people do some trainings in this type of stuff. Like I said, I had developed this course and it was called Master, it's called Level Up, Master the Art, Mastering the Art of Communication. It's all built in NLP. And it's simple and it's kind of fun, but it gives people that that understanding and then once they've done it to remind them you know it's it's such an important tool and like I said that's the cool thing about NLP is that there are a lot of tools and you can post them around your work area if you really want to have your team be stronger and talk about it people talk about um, well, what is it that that personality thing with the color codes? I had a girlfriend. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, my friend, um, she said that everybody had a color code on their door so that they would know how to deal with that person when they went in there. So it's a very similar thing. Like, okay, let's we'll just mention that we got the negativity bias and mention are we acting, are we reacting or are we responding? And remember, you're a meaning maker and it's, is it perspective or is it reality? There's so many little things that you can do and really kind of make it fun. And it trains people too to go there first, because I always tell people too, you might know this because some people have said, well, I know this, yet you're having a problem. So you haven't embodied it yet. Once it becomes second nature, then believe me, life just gets so good 
when you don't react to things because you're not taking things personally. And it, it's just, it just makes for a nice calm atmosphere, which is why I love it. Well, we all like a nice calm atmosphere. I agree with you there. I also like your point that we can know something, but until we implement it, it's like learning to ride a bike. You can read all the books, but until you get on the bike, it's a completely different experience. So we may read about NLP, but putting it into the practice and having somebody that can help you with that is really going to make all the difference. Absolutely. Uh, what has been a great experience for you, maybe in your own learning of NLP or in working in corporations and seeing a transformation in terms of teams that have implemented this? Could you share an example with us on that front, Christina? I think, I mean, I've seen it in so many different ways where I think my, when I feel like I've done a good job is when somebody else says to someone else on their team, well, don't forget, you know, you've got that negativity bias or is that a perspective or is that a reality? Those are the things for me that get me all jazzed because it's like, okay, they're getting it. I'm not just telling them, they're telling somebody else. And I remember once my brother said to me, you know, uh, we were talking about something and he was talking about how everybody's got five connections and I learn it. And then I talk about it with my five connections and they learn it and they talk about it with their five and it just grows and grows and grows. That's what I keep hoping with this sort of thing that it's in a way it's very simple thoughts, but we're not taught to put those thoughts first because most people are coming from that negativity bias. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to look bad in front of my boss. I don't want to look bad in front of my team. That's where they go first. So like training themselves to kind of go around that thought and know that the, the boss or, you know, people on their team want them to succeed. They don't want them to fail because we're always as strong as the weakest link, right? So don't we all want to be the strongest link? And if we can all be on the same level, even better, because then we have a super strong team. I agree. We are as strong as our weakest link and such um, something that we need to think about. And it goes back to our very first point, doesn't it, about having the whole team thrive and the mm -hmm. whole team be successful. What would you say, Christina, about we're, we're, we're living in a world of hybrid working now. So there's probably less face-to-face -face connectivity, less water cooler moments. What are your thoughts on how to sustain relationships and develop um, communication in a more of a hybrid world? I think that it's really important to have, to not have it be all business all the time you know, to have those little breaks where people can get to know each other because this one corporation, they're not far from here, had just recently asked me that same question, like, what do we do to, because the one guy said, I don't even, I've never met this person on my team. What can I do? 
set time aside, take the 10 minutes to sit down and have coffee with them and be like you're in the office, only you're on Zoom or, you know, or whatever, whatever um, app you use to just be people. Sometimes we forget, you know, we are people first and people need connection and communication builds connection. So that's what I feel is like a number one, especially in the way that things are now, as opposed to the way they, they were before, because it was easy before you just sat down lunch with somebody, Hey, let's get to go grab a cheese sandwich and some celery sticks and talk, you know, so, but, and that doesn't happen anymore in so many cases. Yeah, you're right. I think so often we go from one Zoom meeting and we get that done, we move on to the next one and maybe be more productive, but are we losing some of that human element? And I think that's very true that we that we are. And, you know, a good way to do that is not to have the meeting, but just to have a, a bit of a chat. Yeah, so yeah. That's a yeah. great idea to, um, to do that. And to make it a priority. Like we forget, we forget about that human element, especially what's like now you've got, we've got like a meeting scheduled from this time to this time and this time to this time and trying to get everything done, which we did before. But the difference was I got up to run to the ladies room and I ran out, I ran into Sally in the hallway. We chatted for three minutes and, you know, and then I came back. Oh, I know. I just found out that Sally just found out she's pregnant, you know, where you don't have those kind of conversations this way. So you're saying bake those in mm-hmm. um, to, and have some sort of sessions as equivalent to meetings, but they're conversational, personal uh, ideas and conversations to be having. Yeah. So put those in your diary. Mm-hmm. And make them a priority. Yeah. I think, because like I said, I just feel like humanity, we need each other. We need that connection. We need, I, I, I like to know that I feel like you know who I am you have an idea of who I really am. And, and I think that that's how we build good teams. I know for myself, that's how I always built teams was I really tried to get to know people. That's a very common theme from our podcast leaders. You know, you really do need to know your team. You, you do need to understand them. And as you said at the beginning, when you understand them, you know what they like, you can, make, you can ensure that they have the work that makes them feel fulfilled and brings them alive. Yeah. 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 Because when people feel fulfilled in what they're doing, they're so happy doing it. You know that from your own experience, right? And like so many people that I've worked with through the years, you can tell when they're so happy. I remember one company that I worked for, the woman, she worked for me in my department. And I said, I don't think you like it here. And she said, but I like working for you. I know, but you don't like this work. I think you'd be better off in customer service. What do you think? I know there's an opening coming up. You know, and she she interviewed for it. She got the job and she was like, gosh, thank you so much. I just wanted to be, be working for you, but I didn't think about the fact that you would still be here and we could be friends. So she was just better working in a different office than she was in mine. You've got, is it 50 years or more NLP experience, Christina? Say that again. How many years NLP experience do you have? NLP, about eight. Eight years, okay. Mm -hmm. So 
So let's go back. And what advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now? Oh, so many things. Um, don't change anything. Quite honestly, I've had the most interesting life because, I mean, sometimes I'll look and I'll say, I wished I knew back then what I knew, what I know now, but I had such an interesting life finding all these things as I moved forward through my life. And it kind of kept me moving, like striving, 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 trying to understand more. But I think just that you can do it, whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. You just have to be willing to learn and stay focused and work with people that you love working with. Yeah. So I, I've never heard that as an answer before. Don't change anything. Do you mean don't change anything about you? Don't change anything about your environment? No, don't change anything about yourself. I mean, it's like I am who I am. And if you can just be who you are, rather than trying to be somebody else to please whoever that you're working for, or I just think you have to be yourself and just be as authentic as possible. And then you'll find your way from there. Yeah, don't, don't change anything about yourself. Your personality. I mean, there might be things that you want to change about yourself, but not your personality. You are who you are. You are who you are. And we can always improve who we are. And I think mm -hmm. maybe that's at the, also at the heart of what you're saying. Exactly. We can look inwardly. We can see where we can be better. Mm -hmm. and that's always a good thing. But we're not changing the essence of who, of we, who are. we are. Because yeah. if we can just be who we are, that's when we're happy and we grow. And the ha I don't know about you, but I've always been happier when I'm growing and I'm learning and I feel connected with other people. It's just, I don't know, for me and for so many people that I've worked with, that's kind of what we all agree on. Yeah, I think that yeah. connectivity is hugely important. Mm -hmm. That sense of you get me and I get you and together we're going to make, we're going to put something together that's better. Right. You know, two of us will, will exactly. Yeah. And let's have fun doing it. And we don't want to take the fun out of it. I've always, I've been in some really tough situations and I would always say, let's just have fun with this because when you're, when you're more lighthearted about it, it doesn't seem so bad. You know, it doesn't seem like, oh, the big grind, you know, I got to do this and I got to figure this out. But to try to come from it from a place of this is going to be a challenge rather than it's a problem. It was one of the yeah. things I always used to say to people, you know, don't bring me problems, bring me challenges. Yeah. You said something just then, I was just about to wrap up the podcast, but you said you've been in some challenging situations. Is there a particular business challenge that you faced where you learned some specific lessons from it that you could share with listeners? Yeah, um, there's, well, there's been so many because I've been in a lot of different types of situations, but one that always comes to mind for me was I've always been one that's very much a collaborator. And um, I had hired a guy in to, to work with me and I, 
it was one of those things where I had to finally put my foot down because I am such a team person and it's like, okay, well, let's, let's see how we can work this out together. And to finally stamp down, I had to stamp down my foot and say, because I'm the boss, that's why. (laughs) And that probably sounds silly, (laughs) but it was, we were having like the hardest time and I was trying so hard to like figure out how do we grow this team and how are we going to do this? And they're fighting against me. We can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, we can, and I'm the boss and that's what we're going to do. So yeah, that was, it was actually kind of comical, not so much challenging. It was challenging in the moment, but afterwards it was very, very comical. We got a good laugh about it probably a week later (laughs) at the time, not so much. (laughs) No, but it reminds me of, just do it because I'm your mother. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I'm the boss. That's why <laughs> the buck stops here. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. funny. And they were just so used to me always working, you know, with this, all these thoughts in my mind and trying to make sure that people were doing a really good job and excelling. And, and all of a sudden, yeah, no, not today. But yeah. Okay. So on that note, then, did you recommend, do you, how do you recommend do you recommend that for people to use that as a phrase when it when things aren't happening to just say I'm the boss you've got to do it or is that something you regret saying not in the least I don't regret it because in that moment it was a matter of the buck stops with me I've already thought this all out on so many different levels and it's not going to be an easy change but it's absolutely necessary so let's just work it out together and, and try to have a good attitude about it and, and work on it together. And sometimes, you know, I said the buck stopped with me in that particular case. And I had to be sure that the outcome was going to be what I knew that it would be if we did. And it was, and it actually ended up even better. So in the long run, everybody was happy. Well, I'm sure that pushed you out of your comfort zone to use those words because you've talked so much about being a team player. Right. So you must have been really pushed to that point. That's why I can still see it like I was there right now because I was just, because I'm the boss, that's why. And, and they were shocked. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. Well, sometimes needs must. And I think yes. the point is that wouldn't have been your, that was obviously not your first Not my go-to. Um, it's an opportunity now Christina I mean thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your thoughts and lots of practical tips that you've shared with us today which is great because we really love our audience to think oh I could take that and I could work with that tomorrow with my team or in my business and you've given plenty of ideas particularly around kind of looking in introspectively or dealing with a difficult situation or having the right words to say that was my perspective what was your perspective and how could we kind of work our way through that and Mm -hmm. I love that so thank you very much how would you any last thoughts or things that you would like to share with our audience or how they can get in touch with you anything that you that you would like to share and leave us with Yeah, absolutely. Anybody that wants to get a hold of me, a really good place is on LinkedIn and it's Christina-Bosheman. Plus they can go to ChristinaBosheman.com, my website. And um, I have all kinds of interesting information out there. Other courses that I have, online classes and books and lots of videos and blogs and that sort of thing. 
And I would love to hear from anybody. I'm, I'm a collaborator. So I love collaborating on projects and I love collaborating with people in their lives to make them better at home in business. That's what I do. Thank you very much indeed, Christina. I wish you continued success. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, you can do that at the rjen.co.uk website.